Exactly. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions about your job, your employment, your boss. It is a live call-in show, so 604-280-9898 and star 9898 on your cell is the way to go. You want to preserve your workplace rights? Don't ever do this. We will get to that list here in just a bit. Some emails, of course, your phone calls, and we always start the afternoon with the week that was. What is going on, pal? Well, John... uh the office here in Vancouver is hopping. You know, we've had so much, uh, so much uh, traffic come through. A lot of people calling us, emailing us. Uh, people that heard this show, uh, people that want to know about their workplace rights, and myself, my colleagues here in, in Vancouver. We've been very, very busy talking to to many, many people, as many people as possible, and that's wonderful. That's terrific. It tells me that we're getting the message across here on this show, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. So uh, this is the time, this is the place where we discuss your rights in the workplace. We talk about employment law, your job, and whatever it is that you need to know to make sure that you're secure in your job, or at the very least, that your rights are enforced. So if you've always wondered about something with your workplace, well, don't wonder anymore. What's the point in wondering? Call us right now. We're here for the next, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes or so or 50 minutes to talk about uh, those issues as, as well and, and want to take those calls. And, of course, if you don't want to call on air, you want to talk privately, just like so many people have done over the past week or so, we'll give you my contact information, my team's contact information throughout the show so you can do that. But week that was, while we're waiting for your calls, a couple situations that came across my desk uh, very recently. I got a call from a gentleman who had been let go after about 10 years of work. And as he's telling me his story, he says, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be owed severance because my employers found a way to get around having to pay severance. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wasn't aware that there's a way around, but okay, go ahead. And he proceeds to tell me that he and every one of his colleagues are hired through a temporary agency. And uh, so they're not really employees, he says, of the company that they work for. Uh, they're working in a, in a small manufacturing facility, but they're all hired through the uh, temporary agency, and they've all worked there for years, just like this gentleman. And he said that because of that, any employee that's ever been let go, he never received severance from the company because, again, they, they, they're not regular employees. They're temporary employees wow. through an agency. So the only reason he had called me is because he had heard the show and he wanted to know maybe, maybe there's something that he can do. Well, John, I mean, I, I, you're, I've heard your comments here in the background. Of course, that is wrong. And, frank, and frankly, it's, it's silly. It's, it doesn't work that way. So I want to make this clear because this actually happens more, uh, more than you may realize. If you're hired through a temp agency, it does not mean you're not a regular employee. It does not mean you're not an employee of the company. It's always about substance over form. If you work for a company, you go there to do your job, you take instructions from the company, uh, you come back the next day, you do the same thing, and, and on and on we go, you are an employee of that company. Yeah. It does not matter where the check comes from. It doesn't matter who uh, you were hired through. It doesn't matter. Think about it. If it was that easy to get around our employment laws, everyone would do it. Everyone would just no be kidding. hiring people through a temp agency, and then, hey, guess what? It's now the Wild West. We can do whatever we want. No. So this person, even though he was hired through a temp agency, even though the temp agency is the one cutting his checks, he's an employee of the company he was working for, the manufacturing facility. And he and his other colleagues that have been let go are all owed severance. In fact, after 10 years, he was owed about a year's pay. So I wanted to bring this up. Remember that temp agency or not, or otherwise, you are owed severance. If you're let go, it's as simple as that. If I'm let go, I'm owed severance. And no, there's no ways around that, John. 
scary part is this employer, and I'm sure dozens if not countless employers like this one may not have done this out of spite. They might just not know and thought they were doing the right thing. Say, so, nah, you don't get nothing. And uh, surprise, well, yeah. surprise. I, I, I'm, let's assume then, and it's probably right, that they're not doing this to, to try to get away with something. They thought, hey, we, that's just something we can do. And by the way, another example right. of a situation like this is the whole independent contractor employee thing. Yep. Uh, employers may hire people as independent contractor thinking, oh, well, if I hire them as an independent contractor, I don't have to worry about employment law. But again, it doesn't work that way. In the eyes of the law, you may be an employee even though you're hired as an independent contractor or you're a regular employee even if you're hired through a temp agency. Always remember substance over form. Lines are open, by the way, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. What else you got going on? I spoke with a a lady who had been off on a medical leave for uh, some time. She'd been off on a medical leave actually just under two years. And sure enough, uh, close to her two-year anniversary on a medical leave, she gets a letter from her insurance company saying, uh, we're going to be cutting you off. Uh, we don't. We think you're able to go back to, to work, so we're cutting you off. Uh, yeah. She was surprised by that because her doctors kept telling her, no, she can't work. She didn't feel like she was able to work, but she needed money. So she said, okay, I guess I have to try to get back to work. Uh, against her judgment, her better judgment, against her doctor's advice, and she did. And she had uh, had suffered from a, a serious back injury and a leg injury. And sure enough, after she went back to work and worked there for a few weeks, she ended up hurting herself more. And her condition got worse. Uh, she was uh, she was not ready for it yet physically. And came back and uh, went to try to contact the insurance company again, said, no, no, it's already been decided you're cut off. And then her employer started giving her a hard time saying, wait a second, why are you telling us you can't work if your insurance company saying uh, that you can work? So she found herself in a very, very tough state. And, and she called me and she said, please, please help me. I have my employer threatening me. I have the insurance company not helping me. What do I do? Now, as bad as this scenario sounds, John, it's a common, common scenario. Insurance company cuts you off before it should. Your employer tries to take advantage of that and starts making threats about what's going to happen if you don't come back to work. So how do we deal with that? Well, at this point, I got to get involved or my team has to get involved. We have to get the insurance to pay you what they owe you or to reinstate you. And they will. All right. They will do that once they know that, hey, you've called them on it. Uh, you can't unfortunately do this yourself. They're not going to take it seriously. And with respect to your employer, we'll get them to get off your back. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll understand that as long as you have something from a doctor that says you can't work, that is all you need. You don't need any more than that. doesn't matter what your insurance company says. If you have a doctor that says you cannot work, that's it. You cannot work. Your employer cannot penalize you, punish you, threaten you, do anything to you. So both of these things can be dealt with, but and I'm working with her right now. My team is working with her to, to get the insurance company to reinstate her and uh, to deal with her employer. If you're in that situation, if you've been cut off disability before your doctor says you're ready, if your employer is giving you a hard time because you can't work, you have to get on the phone and call me. By the way, that number is 604-283-3123, help at employmenthour.com to reach out through email. Uh, before we uh, take a short break here, give some details. We'll slide in the uh, the severance pay calculator, yeah? Yeah, severance pay calculator. Gosh, over half a million people uh, throughout Canada have, uh, have used this, and it's a tool that allows anyone to find out how much they're actually owed if they lost their job. Uh, no more need to wonder, no more uh, need to spend hours trying to figure out online and consult with people that don't really know about how much you're owed. If you're staring at that severance letter, you need to know how much you're owed. 
you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You answer the questions about your age, your position, and the length of your employment. You just pick the answer out of a drop-down menu, and you're done. It's going to tell you how many months pay you are owed. And as I like to say, a spoiler alert right here for those that haven't <laughs> used it before, it's a lot more than you realize. A lot more than you realize. So make it the very first place you go to. And you know now the weather is better. Maybe you're out there uh, enjoying the nice weather and you're talking to your friend uh, down the street. Uh, and he says, hey, I lost my job. Well, what you do is you tell him also, go to severancepaycalculator.com. And there's also an employer mode as well. So if you're an employer and you want to do the right thing and find out what your obligations should be legally, uh, you can use it as well, right? You can use it if you're an employer. You want to know what your obligations are, how much you have to pay a departing employee. There's also additional information there for employers as to how to make sure you stay out of trouble. Uh, just as yeah. easy, just as free, by the way, uh, just as anonymous. So always uh, go to whether you're an employer or an employee, go to severancepaycalculator.com. And with that, we'll take a, a short break here. Lots of time just getting warmed up for the uh, for the afternoon. We'll get into our topic for the day, your phone calls as well. Lines are open. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you for the remainder of the show, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour on CKNW. It is indeed. It is that time to get to our uh, topic for the evening. Again, the phone lines open, as just mentioned, 604-280-9898 or star 9898. 9898 on your cell call with any questions about your job, uh, your employment, your boss, uh, severance, anything like that. We tackle them here for the remainder of the show each week. If you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. This is an interesting list I don't think we've ever had on the show before. Well, I, I'm often asked, what should I do? Well, oftentimes the right. answer should be, or, or the question should be, what shouldn't you do? Uh, so there's some, some things you need to, to know to avoid, things you don't want to do. Because if you're going to do certain things, you're going to give up your legal rights. Remember, the law provides for some very good, very extensive rights yeah. that are available to employees. But the law also says, well, if you give those away, then that's on you. So what we want to talk about is some things you don't want to do, things you want to avoid, things not to do to avoid your to avoid giving away those rights. So this is an important list. If you stick to this list, if you avoid doing those things, you'll always be happy, you'll always be protected, you'll always have the full benefit of the law. Let's get into it. Uh, don't sign employment agreements without knowing exactly what you are signing. Absolutely. An employment agreement is such an important document. Uh, and most people, when they're signing an employment agreement, that's a very happy occasion. I just got a job offer. I'm very excited about it. Hey, guess what? I've looked at the salary. It's great. They're giving me four weeks vacation that I wanted. I'm happy. Right. I'm good. Nothing else matters. I'm going to sign the agreement. Not so fast. An employment agreement is an important document. And an employment agreement can serve as a way for you to give up your rights. Oftentimes, an employment agreement contains terms that down the road are going to cost you. For example, there could be a term in it that limits your future severance. And it could be the difference between getting $100,000 in severance, as an example, and getting $3,000 in severance, as an example. That's a huge deal. There could be a non-competition obligation. There could be a term that allows the company to change your job, change your compensation, relocate you, lay you off temporarily. There could be many things in that agreement that are problematic. So you have to understand what you're signing. If you don't care now, you'll care later when it matters. So what do you do with that employment agreement? You read it carefully, not just focusing on salary and vacation and huh. bonus. Read the whole thing. Does it refer to statutes? Does it say, does it use big words in legalese that you're not sure what they mean? 
If it does any of those things, that's a problem, that's a risk. There's a reason for that. So I want you to send it over to me. Let me take a look at it. Let me tell you what it means. And here's the thing, John. Many people may ask yeah. me, well, what's the point? Because even if there's a problem with it, well, what can I do about it? You can. Oftentimes, those things can be easily negotiated once you've identified the problems. So don't give up your rights. Be careful with your employment agreement. Let's talk about it if you have one. And we can also talk about how you go about negotiating. You want to preserve those workplace rights? Don't do these things. Don't, uh, quote unquote, take one for the team at your expense, right? Big time. Uh, take one for the team. What I mean by that is, you know, sometimes the company may have a difficult time and they need something from you. You know, maybe an example, maybe a pay cut. You know, we really need you to take a bit of a pay cut here because uh, business is not great. And you know what? It's very admirable if you were to say, yes, fine, I'll take one for the team, even though it's at my expense, I'll take that pay cut. And as admirable as that is, that is a problem. And the biggest issue with that is by taking one for the team, you give the right to the company to do it again. That is the huge problem. So you may right. say, okay, I'll take this 10% pay cut, I'll take one for the team, You know, I'm, I'm going to be the good soldier. The problem with that is once you've done that, next time they do it, and maybe next time it's not 10%, maybe it's 20%, you can't do anything about it. Remember, a company doesn't have a right to change the terms of your employment. If they do, that could mm -hmm. easily be a constructive dismissal. But if you, you've done that, if you've given them the right to do it by allowing it to happen, you've given them a right to do it again and again and again. So as, as nice as it is sometimes to take one for the team, if you're doing that at your expense, if you're doing that and now you have to allow the company to do it whenever it wants, that's a problem. What do I say? If the terms of your employment are going to change, tell the company, no, sorry, can't do that. If they do go ahead anyway, yeah. you may want to consider that or treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with your severance, John. Questions or comments about these uh, these uh, pointers so far, feel free to call in. You have plenty of time, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Anytime you want to send an email over as well, that is an option, help at employmenthour.com. We are talking about the things you need to preserve your workplace rights. Don't ever do this. Don't accept, we, we go back to segment one, a temporary layoff or other big changes to terms of your employment. That one comes up every week on this show. It really does, and and you know, a temporary layoff, a big change to the terms of employment. You know, but I want to focus on that temporary layoff here for a second. Is if you've been laid off temporarily, uh, and you accept it, you let that happen, you've given the company arguably the right to do it again, and that's a huge, huge problem. Can you imagine? Okay, we're going to lay you off temporarily. We're going to call you back in three months. Well, the company doesn't have a right to do it. You can say no. That's a termination. Give me my severance. I'm out of here. Right. But if you don't do that. If you simply say, I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to wait for that uh, that recall and you go back, well, by doing that, by allowing that to happen, you've given the company the right to do it again. And the next time they do it, you come back, they lay you off again, you come back, they lay you off again. You can't do anything about it. Not a good way to work, not a, not any way to work. You, you, you don't have any job security. You don't have any income security. So when it comes to a temporary layoff, don't let it happen. If it happens, tell your employer that if you're going to lay me off, I'm going to treat that as a termination. If they back off, great. If they don't, treat that as a termination. Call me. Let's talk about it. Let's get you the severance that you're owed. You can't just accept it. If you do, you're giving up your rights. Again, 604-280-9898 is the number to call through. We'll uh, we'll get to a call or first one of the, uh, the afternoon, by the way. Heaton, how are you? Thank you for calling in. Yeah, how are you doing? 
Hi, Heaton. Good. What's so, up? Um, so last week, somebody posted something anonymously on uh, Glassdoor. Um, and it was extremely slanderous about me. It was um, saying I was rude, demanding, uh, sexist, racist, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so we decided to do an investigation on my team. And I have 17 members of the team. And they contact, they met with all 17 members. Um, and then on uh, Friday, I was given a letter that is to go on my file saying that 50 to 80% of my team believe that this is true, but that is not the case. Uh, my team had my support, uh, supported me 100%. Um, the questions that were asked were not consistent between the team. Um, and now I'm asked to sign a piece of paper that says I am a sexist and a racist, which is totally not true. And they want me to go to sensitive sensitivity training on Tuesday. Um, it, it's it, it feels like it's made up, um, and my team is 100% supporting wow. me, and I need to know what my rights are. Okay, that's a very good question. So it's hard to believe that they completely made it up. That no one said anything about you, and then they all of a sudden are saying, "No, let's let's make things up here and and, and say something bad about Heaton." Uh, it's possible that what happened is something where things were misinterpreted or misunderstood. So first of all, what you're going to do or what you're not going to do is you're not going to sign any piece of paper that says you're a sexist or a racist or anything like that. Of course not. That's silly. Now, yeah. I would like to actually see a copy of what they've asked you to sign. If you're able to send it to me to email it or fax it even, I'd like yeah. to see it. But if it's something along those lines, you're going to say thanks, but no thanks, not happening. That's number one. Yeah. Number yeah. two is I want you to, as you've done right now on the show, as you've told me about your concerns about how this investigation was done, etc., I want you to put that in writing, to send it to the company by email is fine. Here's why I don't think this is legitimate. Here's why I don't think my team said that. Here's why I have the support of my team. Make sure that they understand your position and your views. Uh, okay. Obviously, it has to be professional. You can't be calling them, you know, how dare you, you pieces of this or pieces of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, very professional, uh, very calm, but also to the point. The third thing, though, if despite this, the company wants you to go through sensitivity training, do it. Okay, there's no downside to doing that. In fact, oftentimes companies make it a policy every year, you know, one or two or three years to have everyone go through sensitivity training. I know it doesn't make you happy, but I would do it. Don't give them any reason to say that you're, you're not taking things seriously, etc. So don't sign yeah. anything that, that uh, accuses you of something, tell them your position in writing, and if you need to go through sensitivity training, pain in the butt, but do it. Uh, and if there's any further repercussions, suspensions, if they try to let you go, if they threaten you with anything, you need to get on the phone at that point and call me at the office. Yeah, no, but uh, I think the worrying part about this all is that we had agreed to four questions that were going to be asked to the staff members, and they were quite, quite simple. They were... Um, do you know anybody that is out to sabotage uh, Heaton or his department? Um, none of them had to do with, do you think he is a racist? Do you think he is a sexist, etc.? Yet the report that they're giving back, without even giving me a copy of the report, and the letter states that the majority of your team, 50 to 80%, believe that you are the following... And that's the worrying mm. part because 50 to 80% of the team 
actually has come up to me and said that, you know, the questions that were asked were very weird, and they had nothing to do with the four questions that were agreed upon. So I would put that exactly in writing, as you've just said right now, to show why the company is not doing what it's supposed to do, or the company is not being reasonable and, and potentially tr are trying to set you up or sabotage you. Uh, put that in writing to them. Make sure they understand that. And of course, of course, never sign anything. But I want to actually see that document. Heaton, okay. I want you to send it to me, fax it or email it. Let me see it. And then maybe you and I can have a further chat. Heaton, appreciate the call. Going to reach out to, uh, to Lior. You can do so, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Help at employmenthour.com. Ryan, I see you there. Hang on. We'll get to you after a short break. And your calls as well. Plenty of time, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's Employment Hour on CKNW. Still lots of show to go, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to call through with some questions, ask Lior what it is about your job or something you've heard on the show. Uh, thus far today, we can answer those uh, for sure, at least, uh, at least Lior can. Ryan, thank you for uh, for hanging on through the break, fella. How are you? Good. Good afternoon. Good. What's, uh, what's on your mind? So I am uh, part of a management team, and our facility is run 24-7, three shifts a day, eight-hour shifts. Uh, part of my team, I have seven maintenance personnel, uh, all hired with the intention of working variable shifts throughout the day. I have one gentleman there that was there long before I ever got there who is flat-out refusing that he's not responsible for working those shifts because he was hired as a day person. Uh, HR has no indication of this. He says that was the previous manager's arrangement, and we have not been documented about it. But it does show that he has worked various shifts, just never a graveyard shift. What are my rights as an employer? So this person has been moved around. He has worked different shifts. Yeah, the, the shift varies. They vary by eight hours. For example, he may have started at five in the morning or started at three in the afternoon but never a graveyard shift, let's say from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. And, and how long has he worked for the company for? Five years. And other people in similar roles have uh, moved around into graveyard shifts? Everyone else, all six other maintenance personnel, have worked every shift. So how come he was kind of always able to avoid it? Uh, that's the question I'm asking, and I didn't want to challenge him too much on it until I had more information on what my rights were. Uh, so it definitely makes, it makes scheduling very difficult when you have one that does want to be scheduled. Mm. So here's the way I look at it. Uh, if, if this guy had always worked the same shift... Uh, I would say, well, unfortunately, you have a problem here because if you're going to now change his shifts, that could be a constructive dismissal. Now, because, though, he has been moved to different shifts, it wasn't a consistent shift, uh, and, you know, the company always reserved the right to, to schedule him in different times, and everyone else also is in the same situation, so there's really no surprises. I'm going to say that that's an implied term, that he can, you can put him in whatever shift you decide you want to put him in. That's part of his job. And I'm only saying that because you're, you're telling me that, that there's a history of moving him around. And if that's the case, then yeah, you can do it. And he probably cannot pursue a constructive dismissal. I'm going to say this, though, as, as a kind of just something as a, a piece of advice. Uh, this type of job, anytime you hire someone, you want to have language in the employment agreement that gives you specifically the power to change the shift. That's the, the easiest way to give yourself that power. That's the easiest way to avoid any problems like this in the future. Put that on the employment yeah. agreement. 
But because you've moved this guy around, then yeah, you, you should be just fine. But, you know, I mean, he may push back on it. Uh, I, I would, I would uh, tell you, as I said just now, that given what you've done before, you're, you're, you're probably okay with him. Uh, but always have an employment agreement. Always, always, uh, whenever you hire someone that uh, is not going to have a, a fixed shift, make sure that they sign that in the agreement. Okay, I appreciate your advice. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Please follow up. Let us know uh, what happens for sure. Uh, that number six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three to get a hold of Leor and his crew and help at employmenthour.com. I mean, that speaks to something you always say at the outset before you hire, bring anybody on, not midstream, not mid-employment, have that employment, ironclad employment uh, contract in hand, right? I always say for employees, hey, you're better off not signing ever an employment agreement. For employers like yep. like Ryan here, say you, you, you're you're crazy not to, right? You have to have an employment agreement for your employees, and you have to have it signed before the employee starts. And if you need the ability to move people around, then you need to have that in the employment agreement. If you need the ability yeah. to change the the person's job, even well, then put that in the employment agreement. And again, going back to employees, be very careful what you sign. If you can avoid it, you don't want to sign something that allows the company to change the terms of your employment. Because if you do, then you've given the company the power to do all kinds of things, and then you're essentially uh, left with no option. Not a good uh, place to be in. In the meantime, more phone calls, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We were talking about before that string of calls. Uh, if you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. Uh, it kind of dovetails nicely into that last call. Um, if you're on a medical leave, don't forget about telling your employee. Your employee, yeah. If, if you're on a medical leave, you don't want to forget about your employer. You do not want to forget about <laughs> uh, your employer. You, you, I know that when you're on a medical leave, you're obviously trying to get better. Uh, you're following your doctor's orders. You may have physiotherapy appointments or other therapy appointments, and that may keep you quite busy, not to mention you're not feeling well. I get it. Right. But you don't want to forget about your employer. You don't want to forget about the fact that they're also wondering how you're doing and how you're coming back and when are you coming back. The reason why I say you want to stay in touch with your employers, you don't want them to think that, well, no, you must have abandoned your job or you must have quit or there's no chance of you coming back so they just can move on without you. So what do you do? Well, you know, I don't think it should be once a week, but maybe even once a month. Send your employer a quick note. It can be a simple email saying, just so you know, I'm still going under treatment, hoping to get better. Or just so you know, I'm, uh, I'm I'm getting an updated note from my doctor. Every once in a while, send them a doctor's note just telling them where you're at and, and, and what's happening and how you're progressing. Yeah. Make sure that your employer knows you're still there. You're still engaged. You're still working to come back to work. You haven't forgotten about the job. By doing that, you're going to prevent the company from considering you to have resigned, from considering you to have been uh, just abandoned your job. It allows you to continue being an employee. And if at that point the employer decides to let you go, it could be a human rights violation. That could be certainly a wrongful dismissal. So uh, please stay in touch with your employer. You can almost uh, forego your rights in the sense if you just just, uh, leave your employer out of it and you don't stay in touch with your employer, always stay in touch with your employer if you're on a medical leave. You know, it's funny too, you mentioned, uh, you know, providing a doctor's note and staying in touch. And again, as always with everything in life, you get it in writing and you give it in writing as well, right? (laughs) Yeah, everything in life, but certainly everything in employment, uh, everything has to be in writing. If it's not in writing, it does not exist. Very simple. So if you've been in touch with your employer, I know it's nice to be in touch with your employer by phone. I prefer email because email 
keeps a record. Email, there's a track. There, there's yeah. something to, to, to corroborate it. So I love, love email. Back in the old days, you wouldn't have email. So you'd have to send something by mail, and that's not very helpful. So the nice thing about email, you, there's a record in writing always. If you do it in writing, you'll never go wrong. We were talking about uh, things you want to preserve your workplace rights. Don't ever do this list of things. Don't quit unless it's completely voluntary. A voluntary, right? Absolutely. This is a, a very uh. surefire way to lose your rights or give up on your rights if you quit when it's not voluntary. You should only quit ever if you decide you don't want to work there out of your own volition. No one's forcing you. No one's putting a gun to your head. If someone's telling you you have no choice, well, I'm telling you, you do. And the choice is thanks, but no thanks. I am not quitting. I'm not leaving. Leave it to the company to let you go if they don't want you there. Because sometimes mm. the company may say, we, we don't want to pay severance, so let, let's get the employee to quit. Let's put them in a situation where they feel they have to, or let's tell them that they have to. And if they do that, hey, guess what? We've just saved a lot of money in severance. Aren't we smart? Well, no, it doesn't work that way. If your employer tells you, oh, no, no, you have no choice but to quit, well, your answer is going to be no, thank you. If your employer says to you, uh, we need you to quit, we want you to quit, you have to quit, the answer is no, 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 and no again. If they want you to, to, to be gone, let them terminate you, let them pay you severance. And despite everything I just said, if you do end up resigning because you feel you have no choice, I want you to send an email to your employer telling them that. Just so you know, employer, I only resigned because you told me I don't have a choice. I only resigned nice. because you told me uh, I have to. If you do that in the eyes of the law, that still is a termination, and that still entitles you to severance. And of course, if you're being put pressure uh, or someone's putting pressure on you to resign, I want you to call me right away, immediately, that same day. Let's talk about that. Let's figure out a way to get you out of there with severance, with compensation. And I think you've said in the past, the only time that you'd really voluntarily, uh, if they tell you to resign, is if you've done something bad that was possibly a firing offense and they're giving you a choice. Look, we're either going to we're gonna put your feet to the fire or we're going to give you a chance to resign. That's the only time if you, you really, really do it, right? If you've really done something that bad, then I guess, yeah. yeah. If you were uh, uh, you know, stealing from them, if you were committing fraud, if you sexually assaulted someone and they, and they say, well, we'll give you the opportunity to resign, fine. Okay, resign because... That would be cause for dismissal in any event. But where I don't want you to do that is just because you did something wrong. Maybe you did yeah. do something wrong. Maybe, you, I don't know, you screwed up on a project. And they say, well, you screwed up on this project, uh, Mr. Employee, so uh, we need you to quit now. No. The fact that you screwed up on a project or you did something else wrong does not mean that they could otherwise let you go for cause. Hmm. Remember, it's very difficult to terminate for cause. So the answer in that situation should still be, no, I'm not resigning. If the company wants to let you go, let them let you go because they're going to have to pay you your full severance. Take a short pause. In the meantime, we got time for a few more calls. Bring them on, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lots more of the Employment Hour is on the way on CKNW. You know, if you want to ask any uh, questions during showtime here, this is the time you want to call through in our last few minutes here, 604 604- Two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. In the meantime, you want to preserve your workplace rights. Don't ever do this. Another one is don't take your employer's word on it, whatever it is. Right? <laughs> exactly. Huh. And and you know, I, I specifically kept this one very broad. And what I mean by this is, it's your job to figure out your legal rights, your legal entitlements. Okay? It's it's not something your employer. 
uh, is necessarily going to tell you. Your employer, you, you can't take your employer's word for it. You don't ask your employer, hey, am I owed something? You have to figure it out. Number one, your employer may not tell you. And number two, your employer may not know and may think they know when in fact it's wrong. I've had so many people over the years say, well, I, I wasn't uh, getting paid overtime because my employer told me I wasn't owed overtime. Mm-hmm. Or I, I I wasn't getting uh, paid properly vacation pay, or I wasn't paying from getting paid for my breaks because my employer told me I wasn't owed that, or I didn't uh, pursue my severance because my employer told me I wasn't owed more severance. No, right. it doesn't work that way. You have to determine how much you're owed, what you're owed, what your rights are, and you can't uh, or ask for information from your employer. You can't trust that information. It's not your employer's job to do that. All right. So what do you do? You call me, you don't like me, you get information from another employment lawyer. If you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. But get the right information. Don't take your employer's word for it. If you do, you'll find out too late that it was the wrong information and now you're stuck. Something else you don't ever want to do, don't just accept unfair discipline or inaccurate performance reviews from your employer either, right? Yes, and and you know, uh, recently someone I heard referred to this as malicious uh, performance reviews or, or malicious discipline. So if you've been provided with a, a performance review or disciplinary letter that, that is wrong, that it's bogus, that's not something that's legitimate, well, you can't just accept it. And and by not doing anything about it, you've accepted it. So what do you do instead? You tell them you're not accepting it. You're telling. Tell your employer why it's wrong, why it's not acceptable, why they missed something, whatever it is. The reason why you're not happy with it, the reason why it's not accurate, say so and say so in writing. Because what the company may be trying to do is to build up a case to potentially let you go for cause. And if you don't respond, they'll say, okay, great, he's accepted it. He's agreed that this was legitimate. So now it's easier to let him go for cause down the road. Don't make it easier. Don't give up your rights. If you are on the receiving end of a negative performance review and of a performance improvement plan of a disciplinary letter and you don't agree with it, make sure you say so immediately in writing professionally uh, and not in an aggressive way, but you have to do it. And if you don't do it, you'll give up your rights guaranteed. We'll get to the final uh, last one on the list. Don't ever do this. And that is the reason why we started this whole show in the first place. Don't ever sign off of that employment package. Or, yeah, or at least a severance package, right? The severance package, exactly. And and, yeah. and that's probably the best uh, place to end this particular list on. It, it's the big one. It's literally where the money is. Uh, if you've been offered a severance package, don't accept it, okay? That is the easiest, biggest, um, you know, most frustrating way to give up your mm-hmm. rights. Uh, if you sign off on that severance letter and then you find out when you call me, now it's too late. Literally every day, John, I speak with people that have accepted and they call me because they heard this show, they, they, they've heard me speak somewhere, and now they want my help and I can't help them. So don't accept that severance letter. Call me before you do. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Go to another employment lawyer if you have to. That's fine. But whatever you do, don't just accept that severance offer. Let's get over to uh, Abdul on the phone lines. Hey, Abdul, thanks for uh, thanks for Hi. holding on. How are you? You're welcome. You're welcome. Good. How are you? Thank you for talking about employee employment. I had a problem to have a vacation with my employee, and then they told me you have to quit the job uh, if you don't want to go for one month. I I was asking for two months. Then I think they didn't give me the severance or any compensation because I was working about three years. And then they told me when you come back, we will pay you, we we will hire you again. 
So it is a it is a good time, good good idea to quit the job and then come back to work, or it's better to not quit and do something else. So you 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 need some time off from work, and they said we yeah. can't give it to you. So if you need time off, just quit, and we'll hire you back later. Yeah, is that was that what happened? Yeah, that was it. Okay, so so first. Let's make sure that we understand that your employer doesn't have to give you that time off unless there's a there's a medical reason. They don't have to give you that time off. What I mean by that is uh, they they're allowed to say no. So that's one thing. Yeah. Now, that's right. if you quit, fine, but they don't have the legal obligation to hire you back unless you sign an agreement with them saying that, and oh, they may decide okay. not to hire you back. And and if you quit, okay. then you're not owed any severance. So you could be in a situation where you're quitting. And then you don't have a job. They're not hiring you back. You don't get any severance, and you're you're left with nothing. So yeah, you know, if you really want to take that time off, I guess you take that risk. But I wouldn't take that risk, uh, Abdullah. I would not want to lose my job unless sure. there's something huge that I need to do to to take that time off. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I have to make an agreement with them to to not to to hire me again. Otherwise, maybe they won't hire me again when I yes, come back. Yes, it has yeah. to be an agreement in writing. If they just tell right. you that verbally, that's not worth anything. It has to be in right. writing. It has to be signed by them. If you have that, you're fine. If you don't have that, then then you're taking a huge huge risk that you're going to find yourself without a job at all. If if I quit by myself, they they have they don't have a right to. I don't have a right to get the severance or any no. compensation. No, no, no. You only get yeah. severance if the company decides to let you go. So if you quit okay. yourself because you got you want to take that time off, then no, you're not going to be owed any severance, unfortunately. All right. Thank you so much for your help and your Thank idea you. and your uh, your talk. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, thanks, Abdul. I appreciate that. Now, would it have, if if he needed it for a medical treatment or something med- uh, medical? Would that make a difference? Would they have to give him the time off? Yeah, so as I, as I was saying, if, if there's a medical reason why he needs to be off, as long as he gets something from a doctor saying, you know, he's going through a treatment or a surgery or therapy right. and he's going to need eight weeks off work for that, the company has to give it to him. Not even debatable. They can't do anything about it. Whether they have a disability plan or they don't have a disability plan, they have to give him that time off. Very simple and as simple as that. Uh, but if he doesn't, if he simply says, well, you know, there's a... There's a family reunion that I want to attend out of the country, as an example. Yeah. i just seen that happen. That's great. No problem. But they don't have to give him that time off. And if he decides to quit because of that, they don't have to hire him back. So he may find himself out of a job. So they, I think it's also worth noting that the your employer in general can schedule your time off. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you're going, you're taking all four weeks in February. I mean, it, it doesn't happen, but they have the right to schedule when you take your time off, right? A lot of a lot of people don't know that. Absolutely, and and most employers don't. Most employers will say just book your vacation in advance. You have to get it approved, but that's it. Yeah. But an employer can decide. They can say, I've decided, John, that you're taking your vacation this year in the month of April. Uh, and, and Lior, you're taking yours in the month of January. They could do that. Uh, employers don't do that because it's going to have employees very frustrated, but an employer does yeah. have a right to do it, and if they decide to do that, well, then uh, it's something that the employee is ultimately going to have to live with. Let's slide over to an email. This one comes from Phil. Again, help at employmenthour.com is the email address. says, I was hired because the employee that held the position before me went on disability. After two years, this other employee is coming back to work, and my employer is telling me that I only uh, my only choice is to relocate an hour and a half away. What can I do? 
Well, no, that's not your only choice. Your other choice, of course, is to treat that as a termination. Of course, relocating an hour and a half away is a big huh. deal. My gosh, it's, it's going to add three hours uh, a day to your commute. No, your employer doesn't have a right to do that, regardless of the circumstances, even if it's because the employee's coming back from a disability leave. So you can treat your employment as being terminated. You can say, no, I'm not accepting that. Uh, and if that's the only option you give me, employer, then I'm going to leave and I'm going to get my full severance. Does the fact that the employer may have a good reason to relocate you, it's not they're not picking on you, there's a legitimate good reason, does not change the constructive dismissal analysis. An employer cannot relocate you that far, cannot make you move that far. Now, if it was 20 minutes each way, yeah, maybe, I don't know, it's still uh, far, but something that the employer can probably do, but an hour and a half away, not even close, that is a constructive dismissal, always is, always will be. You can leave with your severance. You absolutely don't have to do it, John. And, of course, the pitfall of that is if he does, as ludicrous as it sounds, accept an hour and a half addition or three-hour addition to his drive time. Once he does that once, they can do it again. They can do it again. And the next time they need him to go somewhere else or they want him to go somewhere else, at that point, if he doesn't do it, he just quits. He doesn't get any severance uh, because he opened that door a bit. So once you open it a crack, the employer can uh, push it wide, uh, wide open. Good for a, uh, another afternoon. If you didn't get a chance to call in or, uh, you know, you're busy doing something else, you want to follow up after the show, not a problem. 604-283-3123 is the number. That email is help at employmenthour.com. And as we have been echoing for seven years, never go anywhere, sign anything at least. if Even before the phone call, you check out severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour right here on CKNW.